Hi friends, you are listening to the Eucharist Church Podcast, and we have just entered our ordinary time. This is a season that we like to celebrate in the summer where we just make things a little bit simpler. So for the next two months, July and August, we are going to be gathering on Wednesday nights as we have been on Zoom. We have an amazing lineup of preachers, both from within our community and some guests from around Hamilton who are going to be exploring the fruit of the Spirit with us as we embark on what we have been calling Holy Spirit Summer. And so uh, we encourage you to join us on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock. There's a link on our website. And also on Sunday afternoons, we're going to be having uh, not so much a gathering, but an open space for contemplative prayer. Our building in downtown Hamilton will be open from 2 o'clock till 6 o'clock every Sunday in July and August so that you can come and meditate. Uh, If you've never prayed in that contemplative way before, there'll be resources to guide you into that. At 2 o'clock every Sunday, there'll be a time of Teze singing, uh, which is this gorgeous, repetitive, simple kind of singing. And there'll also be some meditations at 4 and 5 p.m. that we'll be playing over the system in there. And we will have some updates on what September and the fall will look like later on in the month of August. But for now, enjoy the sermon. I will, I hope there are jazz hands every time I preach. I I will say that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to share my screen so that we can, um, I'm going to read through the part of the text that I want to preach on that The part that talks about the fruit of the spirit is actually just two verses. So I wanna talk about a little bit more than that tonight. Sorry, Kevin. Um, (laughs) So I'm gonna share the screen so you can read it along with me because I know not everyone is an audio learner. Some people are visual learners. So let me throw that up there. People can see that? Okay, so Galatians 5, I'm starting from 16 going to 23. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So uh, when I was signing up for a fruit to preach on this summer, um, I thought to myself, maybe I should pick something that needs, that's something that I need to personally work on, uh, something that'll be spiritually formative. So, you know, looking down the list, there's love. Well, I'm, I'm pretty good at loving people, I, I hope. And, and joy, I'm a pretty joyous person. I can get pretty boisterous. Um, <laughs> there's peace. Well, I talk about justice and peace for a living, so I've probably done a lot of work there. Um, And then next, there's patience. Patience. That, that I'm not so good at. So I figured, why not? I can sign up to preach on patience, and then I can deeply and spiritually consider it over the summer. 
which of course is basically the same as asking the Holy Spirit to teach me patience this summer, which I promise you, experiencing it was not the same as simply deeply spiritually considering it. Um, little did I know that I would have a summer ahead of me full of unexpected obstacles at work that were extremely frustrating, um, family drama that, you know, family drama is a lot, and, and not to mention this freaking pandemic, it just never seems to end, and it has now polarized half of the people I know, everyone is fighting online, nobody wants to go out for dinner with anyone anymore, everyone's just mad, so, you know, a normal straightforward summer, right? Um, but having to experience building patience in my life did help me understand it more over the summer. <laughs> patience is not often fun um, and it's really hard to fake. Some of the fruits of the spirit seem to me at least a little bit easier to fake or at least to convince ourselves that we should wanna practice them. You know, love, joy, kindness, these are fun things. You know, they, you, you're a person that people wanna be around when you're joyful, when you're kind. Um, however, some of the others like faithfulness, self-control and, you know, patience. Well, when we're not practicing those, it uncovers our deeper motivations a bit more obviously. It's much harder to fake patience, um, at least for me, because patience is hard. It's translated two ways most often in the Bible. One, as long-suffering, fun, or second, as forbearance, which just sounds like something, you know, Queen Victoria would have talked about in the late 1800s. Now, long suffering, that doesn't sound like any fun at all to me. No, thank you. Um, it means enduring opposition, choosing to go slow and steady when you'd rather have quick fixes. Um, it means offering grace through painful situations instead of retaliating and seeking revenge. Uh, so why do we need to do this? Well, because we can't assume that because we're Christians that we get to skip out on the difficult bits. That's never actually promised to us. What's actually different about us as Christians is that we're not supposed to be jerks during those difficult bits. Um, we don't remember this all the time. <laughs> we're supposed to be patient and kind and faithful. We're supposed to be led by the spirit. That's how we're meant to be different. Um, and for those of us who don't actually suffer all that much, like I don't actually think I suffer too much. This summer, yes, was hard. There was some family drama, there was stuff, but I don't feel like I suffered. Um, for those of us who live in a society where most of us are privileged enough to be able to get what we want when we want it most of the time, um, this endurance of suffering can be really hard to understand. Um, but then we can consider Christians who are persecuted in first century Rome, you know, in, in the, the setting that Galatians is actually talk, written in. Um, or we can think about Christians around the world today who have to hide their faith. Or my goodness, consider anyone who isn't part of a community impacted by injustice, right? These people who endure all of the racist and homophobic and colonial nonsense in this world. And of course, I'm not talking about a patience that just sits back and watches injustice happen. It is absolutely appropriate to demand how long, oh Lord, how long will the wicked prosper? How long will misogyny and white supremacy and hateful ideology capture the minds of our neighbors? It is good and it is right to be filled with holy impatience too, speaking out about injustice and becoming allies and accomplices against it in our communities. So we need to remember that we do not use patience as a shield to avoid speaking out and taking action because we know Jesus said that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness 
hunger and thirst for justice will be satisfied. So we need to remember that. The other way that it's translated, forbearance, uh, means putting up with the shortcomings of others, bearing with people you'd rather not, <laughs> and forgiving and offering grace when that's not your first impulse. It's not assuming the worst. It's not holding grudges. It's not getting even or getting revenge, even if you were in the right. It's having the presence of mind and the emotional intelligence not to lose it on people. Not just because we wanna keep the peace or because we wanna to agree to disagree and avoid conflict and certainly never to excuse abuse. Um, but the reason why we practice this is because we genuinely want to show love and care for the other person. We want to hold space for them. Now this I do not do so well. <laughs> I often, probably too often, uh, jump to the defensive trying to prove how I was wronged, how I was misunderstood or whatever else to win the argument, right? In case you're wondering, I am an Enneagram eight. Um, but what does winning an argument actually do? It doesn't get me anywhere other than to create tension um, or make it obvious to everyone around me that I won't back down. And I'll generally be an unpleasant person to be around in any sort of conflict. So instead, I could do with a little more patience uh, to practice choosing my battles, to not get riled up, and to choose to walk with the spirit in this area that just doesn't come naturally to me. And this is the freedom that comes when we are led by the Holy Spirit in love instead of by our own desires. Now, I didn't read this part at the beginning because it just would have been like the whole chapter then. Um, but a few verses earlier at the beginning of Galatians, it opens in verse one by stating, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then again in verse 13, you siblings of Christ were called to be free. Uh, but it's not a freedom that gives us permission to do whatever we want. Um, it's freedom from the burden of sin so we can love one another without all the garbage that gets in the way. We're used to a world where we want it our way right now. We want to drive through, we want a microwave, we want it immediately, right? And we can forget that to be Christians means that we're supposed to be shaped by the spirit of God. We're supposed to be shaped in the image of who God in the image of this God who created us. And there is patience in the character of God for us to emulate. We see it all throughout scripture. You know, for example, the entire history of the Israelites, they have their own families making lots of drama. Um, there are people complaining when they're delivered from slavery and they end up wandering for 40 years in the desert. They worship all sorts of idols. They prop up corrupt leaders and they defy the righteous leaders. And yet God continues to pursue them as his people. And he shows himself to be gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. We can look to the life of Christ, where he patiently teaches his disciples, who, in all honesty, kept bickering among themselves about which of them would be the greatest. Um, or where he shares his good news message with the crowds and with, with Jerusalem, and then is ultimately crucified for it. See, it's almost as if there's a sort of a sanctification. I know that's a big Christian word. So it's sort of a becoming more holy that comes from practicing patience and all these other fruits of the spirit. We become more like Christ. We become more like the creator whose image we bear. We become more in tune with the spirit and more likely to care for each other and all of creation in a good way. Because that's actually the whole point. 
it's not just to make us better people, like to get us some kind of like holy righteous gold stars. Um, it's to make us better communities. God wants us to flourish, to have peaceful shalom filled communities where everyone has enough, where everyone and everything is sacred. When we walk with the spirit, when we're loving, we're patient, we're gentle, all the rest, it changes us and it changes how we interact with each other. Now, I love Eugene Peterson's message translation of the Bible. It has a way of taking scripture that we've heard a hundred times, like the fruit of the spirit. Like if you grew up in church, you, I'm sure you had little fruit cutouts that you put on your fridge or something from Sunday school. Like we know the fruit of the spirit, right? Um, but even if we feel like we've heard it a hundred times, the message translation can kind of reshare them in a way we can hear with fresh ears. So the message talks about the desires of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit in this way. And I'm gonna share the screen too, because again, I want you to be able to read it along with me. Do this. So going back to verse 19, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. But what happens when we live life God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life and serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with these things, a sense of compassion in the heart, a conviction that a basic holiness permeates all things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. I just love that perspective. That, that just makes it clear that it's all about community. Do we treat each other and God's good creation as disposable, only there for our selfish desires, crushing one another to get ahead, participating in injustice if it serves us? Or do we seek a community marked by compassion, loyalty, joyful solidarity, and a deep commitment to walking with the spirit? So what does this actually look like though? How do we practice patience and all the other fruits when they don't come naturally? How do we live in the spirit or keep in step with the spirit or walk with the spirit or whatever your translation says? Um, it all sounds super nice and spiritual and Christian-y and such, but practically, how do we do it? Um, one really valuable tool that I was taught by Dave Witt and all the other folks at Eucharist who have been involved in the Huddle small group curriculum that we've done over the past few years, um, is the concept of a Kairos moment. Raise your hand to me if you feel like if you know what a Kairos moment is. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> a couple of you. 
Um, kairos is a Greek word for time, and it's not the same as chronos, like linear time, like from point A to point B. Kairos means more of a divine moment. It's that sense of a moment in time that's not ordinary. Um, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit is breaking through into your normal routine to try to get a message through to your thick head sort of moment. Um, for me, stopping to ask myself, is this a Kairos moment? when I'm impatient or angry or ungenerous or jealous is a way of pausing in my knee-jerk reaction to ask, is the Holy Spirit trying to break in and teach me patience right now? <laughs> or is my irrationally overblown impatience in this situation an indicator that I need to be more intentional about asking for the Holy Spirit's help in cultivating patience in my life, perhaps? More often than not, when I ask that question of myself, it's true, it is. More often than not, I do need to stop and simply pray in that moment, pray for the Holy Spirit to soften my heart and, and thank God for opening my eyes to how quickly I react in the flesh instead of in the spirit. So maybe we can start with that. We can start with walking in the spirit by inviting them to inter interrupt our not so fruitful moments. And goodness, if we ask for it, we should also be prepared for them to show up in some of our worst moments. Um, we can also proactively remind ourselves to be practicing the fruits, getting used to being loving, joyful, patient, kind, and self-controlled, and so on, so that when those worst moments comes, and like, hey, even in our day-to-day, -day, we can use them too. It doesn't have to be when, when everything's on fire, but we can use those, those practices, those fruits of the spirit, so that we in our communities look more and more like the creator who made us. Amen. Mm -hmm.